Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Swing from the Hips, Episode 7. Tonight, it's back to just the three of us in the studio, uh, Rohit, Taryn, and myself. And with you, the audience, the guest of the show. So drop us a question in the chat rooms, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, whatever you're watching us on, and um, we'll try and discuss it if we, we get the chance. So along with all the other questions that we've had pop up over the last few weeks. But before we get to the questions, welcome to Rohit and Taryn. Evening, guys. How are you? Evening. This is a fine evening. How are you, lads? Yep, good, how are you that's good. That's good. Everybody's feeling good and they're feeling fine and ready for another show. So another one. <laughs> we'll get on to our regular features to start with. And this week, it's This Week in History with Rohit. Oh, yes. Um, so this week, uh, there's been a number of births in that. But um, Walter Hadley, best known for having son Sir Richard Hadley and Dale. He uh, was born uh, this day, 1946 or so. Uh no, I got the year wrong, but anyway, he was he was born in this <laughs> this week and uh, died in two thousand six, aged ninety one. Um, yeah, he went on that famous tour to England oh. back as the captain, so you know he's had a lot of history in New Zealand cricket over the years. Now we also saw uh, a number of other births this week: Wasim Akram, J.R. Reid, uh, Steve Smith, and um, the famous War Twins also. In amongst them all this, for this week, and also the um, Jeffrey Boycott, uh, he he also managed to make his debut, scoring forty eight against Australia. And the joke is that it took him three days to get to that forty eight. But hey, doesn't matter how long it takes, doesn't it? Now, one of the as yeah, long as you get him exactly. <laughs> um, another thing here is that uh, this week. Um, New Zealand completed a famous win to square the Test Series against England, won all by winning uh, by 199 runs, which is the second largest in terms of runs in Test cricket at the time. And this was their first win in the 21st century in England. And that was led by uh, Brendan McCullum, that team. And lastly, I'll throw in there, ball of the century, bold on June the 4th. It was actually his first ball 
bowled in an Ashes Test match against England. Yes, Shane Warne. Managed to bowl the ball of the century, which, um, you know, he's um, been uh, been touted as the greatest and obviously for good reason too. Well, I, I suppose to describe the delivery for those that um, a bit younger than ourselves and maybe haven't seen it, it, it is a phenomenal ball. Basically, it's um, pitched outside leg, squared Mike getting up and then taking his off stump. And uh, yeah, you almost want to say gone between his legs, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but between bat and pad, anyway. Most people are thinking of picking it, getting ball. Yeah, well, if you'd read, I think, did you guys read the Shane Warne's book? I think in that, Terry Jenner or Shane Warne, one of the two actually said, I think it was Terry Jenner, he actually said that wasn't a great ball, Shane, Terry Jenner being. Shane Warne's coach, mentor. Right. I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, I'm, I may not be 100% sure, but the, one of the person, one of them said it actually wasn't a great ball. The perfect leg spinner's ball apparently was the follow-up, which was to Robin Smith, because that actually took the edge off the bat and it went to first slip, and the leg spinner should be looking to do that as right. opposed to trying to hit the stump. This was too straight and it actually hit the stump. The perfect ball would have actually taken the edge and gone to first slip, which is what happened to Robin Smith a few overs later or later in the day. Mm. Wow! So apparently, that yeah. So <laughs> when you're really, I don't know. About the have you or... have you seen the ball though? It bamboozled uh, getting all, uh, all ends up. Yeah, right? yeah. No, <laughs> nothing against the ball, but is that making getting look really poor? The look on the look on his face. But the look on his face, right? Gatting's face after he's actually—he's looking all over the place. He's standing there and just looking around like some somebody's come along and knocked the bells over. Yeah, yeah knocked the well, he's thinking Ian Healy's knocked the bells over with his hands, right? Yeah, but then are you saying is that is that questioning some of the straight breaks he's used to facing from the English county? The nude spinners. I tell you what, nothing wrong with the nude. But <laughs> you cannot forget you cannot forget the, the face of Mike Gatting when he got bowled, hey. It, no, you can't. You're you can't. always gonna remember it. Yeah. You remember the delivery and you remember his uh, the way that his face was and the way he looked around. Absolutely. And, and, but but let's not let's not gloss over the fact. And this is like obviously we get together before the show and just have a chat and go over a few notes and the like. And all of us were astounded. This was <laughs> Shane Warne's first Ashes ball ever. So it's not even the ball, not only just the ball of the century, but it was actually the first ball that he ever bowled in Ashes cricket. Yeah, we, amazing. It is, but you realise you realise he's played a lot of um, tests prior, right? I don't know how many, but he did play test matches. Obviously, he's played test matches prior. Absolutely, and this yes. was against England. His test debut. A lot of people think of it almost as if that was Shane Warne's first ball in test cricket because that's almost when he landed, right, yep. on the world stage. You have got you can't forget his test debut. I think he went one for 156, and Ravi absolutely tore yep. him to bit. He got carted around the field, uh, totally got I, carted. I don't it, it, it was something like he, he actually, like for the first few years, um, he was actually quite an expensive bowler and um, didn't actually pick up the wickets because he'd have those, those – obviously he always had the, the talent – but the consistency wasn't there to produce ball after ball to put the pressure on. Mm. 
yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I again looking back to his um, reading the book that I'd read, his first book. I didn't bother with the other the sequels. I just read the book. Um, and in that, he talked about he never quite had belief. And obviously, we, it's pretty well documented that AFL was his first love. Um, and he wanted to play for St Kilda, et cetera, et cetera. Even when he was playing for Australia against Sri Lanka, I think he got maybe a run of Tunga. Or he got a three for three for something, three for not many. When he slowly just started to believe, but still wasn't sure, until that West Indies, 92, 91-92 West Indies series, when he bowled that flipper to West Indies uh, against to Richard Richardson. That's also one of his favourite top seven balls or something, where he just kind of shoots through. And that day apparently gave him the self-confidence and the belief to think, hey, I belong at this stage. And he start, almost started taking it seriously from there on in. Yep. Because yep. he was, did he get dropped initially as well? Possibly. Ooh. You know, you don't remember anything bad that happened. To no. Initially, do you, no, the only time he got dropped was when he got banned for the diuretic or something, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the weight reduction pill. Yeah. Yeah. Mum yeah. gave it to him. Mum gave it to him. Mum gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's such a mummy's boy. Pause in, pause in, but something about Paul, England. Paul, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Sir Jeffrey boycott. Yes, Sir, Sir Jeffrey. Sorry, forgot sorry Sir about Jeffrey that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so you're, you're right. In that first test series he played in, he was dropped for the fifth test um, of the Wacker um, in Perth. Who was he dropped for? Sorry? Who replaced him? Oh, sorry, don't know. Oh, well, we're going to have to find a better producer. Can <laughs> <laughs> we hire another Stato? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right. So, hey, enough waffle. We're moving along, moving along. We'll move I had to Taron. One question with... for Taron oh, about that. Talking about that flipper. Isn't that one of the hardest balls to bowl as a leggy? Takes uh, a bit of time to get that right, right? I don't know because I never bowled it. So <laughs> tell you. you never uh, tried to bowl the flipper? No, I could bowl it. I, bowl, I could bowl it. Um, I actually bowled it a handful of times in games and I got a couple of wickets with it, but. I'll be I'll be honest with you, like the leg spinner, the leg spinner, that ball, your stock ball, I found mm-hmm. was the toughest one to master. It's like oh, a dog's right. tail, you know. Yeah. It just you could never straighten it. And in now this just, case, you can never curl it or turn it. So you right. spend so much time and energy trying to perfect that, you never could quite dedicate enough time. And if you read. Kerry Jenner's books or articles of Shane Warne's books or speak to some of the true former um, greats from years gone by, they always say, look, if you can nail your leg spinner, you actually don't need anything else. Yeah. Right. But you, if you have absolute <clears throat> command on pace, flight, delivery, line, length, the whole lot on a leg spinner, you yep. genuinely don't need anything else. And, and, and are, you, are, you, are you sort of changing the position... Here. In terms of doing the leg spinner, are you sort of just positioning the the seam slightly differently to as to how much turn you want to achieve? Like if you want it to be a bit more mm. le- less turn, you'd just get the seam to point a bit more towards first slip. If you wanted to really turn it sideways, you're pointing it towards second or whatever. Is that how it works? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, you can change your wrist into that direction, or you can change the ball in your in the direction. Um, 
when we bring Taz back on again in the future, we can talk to him because the Asians are phenomenal at it. Asians actually change the angle of the ball in their hands. Right. So it lands, it will land on the leather as opposed to the seam. So it'll still have revolutions and spin and everything on it. Yep. But by hitting the leather, it won't turn and it'll slide through and get you LB. Yeah, right. Yep. So it's you more have the ball. Well, no, it's more the Yasusha ball or Ashwin ball where they go, oh, it's an absolute minefield. One's turning, one's not. Well, it's not actually. These guys are playing tricks and we're making it worse than it is. That's right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, that's definitely, as you said, we'll have to get Tez on. We'll have to get mm. Tez on and uh, we'll have to have a spinning, spin bowlers masterclass. We need, we need a bit more knowledge amongst us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought I'd ask uh, Lenny. There's, there's, there's the guy who played international cricket. <laughs> now, that's cool. Right, we'll move on to the, um, in the news this week with Taryn. Um, in the news, let's start with Vinci Premier League T10. Last time we caught up, we had six rounds. And now they've already, in the week gone by, they've completed the round-robin stage and they moved into semifinals and the finals. In the first semifinal, it was the Grenada Divers scoring 82 for nine in the allocated 10 overs. It is a T10 competition. And they scored 82 for nine and they lost to Salt Pond Breakers. In the second semifinal, Lasso Freya Hikers scored a mammoth 150 for two. Jeez, that's 15 and over for 10 overs. That's solid. And they beat Botanic Garden Rangers 117 for seven. Nice little fight, but oh well. Fittingly, the top two teams from the round robin competition made it to the finals, which was the Salt Pond Breakers taking on Lasso Freya Hikers. Batting first, Salt Pond Breakers scored 100 for six. And that was more than enough as they held last of three hikers, 81 for nine. So good competition overall. Um, and the t- team that actually topped the table with um, eight wins or seven wins out of eight games actually went on to win the competition. Fantastic. Um, Steve, staying in the Caribbean, CPL has uh, submitted a proposal to host the entire um, CPL in Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago is a country with a population of 1.29 million and their COVID cases are only 117 so that will probably go up. They will stay in the Caribbean. The West Indies have announced a quite a big squad, a 14-man, 25-man squad, 14-man test squad and 11 travelling subs for a seven-week tour to England. Of which three regular players or regular white ball players have declined the invitation or their call-up to the test tour. Darren Bravo, which we, who we all know about, and we all it's well-documented his run-ins with the governing body. This time around, though, he's chosen to stay home. He's obviously from Trinidad and Tobago. Cameron Hitmeyer and Kimo Paul also turned down the opportunity to join the test side, opening the door for Nakumra Bonner and Shema Holder for their first test call-up. Also making a comeback is Jermaine Blair Blackwood, who actually scored a Test 100 against England back in 2015. This team will be travelling by a chartered flight, will be spending seven weeks in England, playing in biosecure environments for three Test matches. Shema Holder has literally broken through through sheer weight of performance. 
taking 36 wickets at 18.9 in the regional first-class competition. Bonner, who is 31, is making a comeback after an eight-year hiatus. That's 2012. That's the last time I played international cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hope for me yet if I was 31. Yeah, that's what we told um, you before. He, yeah. he, um, he scored 523 runs at an average of 58. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, Blackwood makes his comeback on the back of on the back of some sh- strong performances, seven hundred and sixty-eight runs at fifty-one point two. This is all three show that Roger Harper, the chairman of selectors, is looking at domestic performances and they are backing domestic performances. That's awesome to hear. Um, moving out of there, the pay cuts are looming in Australia, and they are hoping the staff cuts will save them some money in what they predict to be 142 million holes. Um, closer to home, uh, New Zealand Cricket, so New Zealand Cricket's Deputy CEO, Anthony Crummy, departs uh, New Zealand Cricket after five years working with New Zealand Cricket. Um, and then Trans-Tasman with White Ferns will is scheduled in. For September, with the Black Caps going over for three one days and T20s starting Australia Day in January. Community cricket, this is probably the coolest story of them all, for us anyway. Um, cricket clubs in Wellington will, no, will not be asked to pay an affiliation fee to be members of Cricket Wellington, which is awesome. Cricket Wellington is now wearing close to a 200k loss just to make sure that cricket is accessible and available to all Wellingtonians. So well done, Cricket Wellington. Well done, General Manager Liz Green, on this great initiative. And hopefully, or cricket, uh, Auckland Cricket and other MAs follow suit. That's the news. Yeah, look, um, that community news is uh, absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I, I read that myself and I was sort of thinking, you know, that if you want to set an initiative to get people to get involved in the game, there's one there is the fact is that don't worry about paying to play. We just want you to play this year and enjoy the game. But, okay, let's let's stay on that, right? Yep. Um, what, what about next year? Are you setting the standard? Are you setting the scene for next year? Oh, look, I think there's except, exceptional circumstances, obviously, at the moment. Um, and really what you're doing is what, what's happening in a few other environments outside of sport as well as in other sports. As if you're basically just trying to keep everybody engaged, um, to, to throw a bone out to people um, that are, you know, they're finding things difficult. You, you think about the players, there, and there will be players that are community cricket players that have lost their job. That'll be saying, "Hey, I can't afford to pay, I don't know, 150, 200 dollars in fees or whatever it will be." And so, you know, to throw that that sort of lifeline out to them to say, no, 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 we want you to remain in our game is a good thing. So, and I think people will see it for what it is, is the fact is that it is a exceptional circumstances here. You know, this is a, um, what, what's, a, I've forgotten the word that they keep using, but anyway, um, so I don't see it. I don't see the expectation from players and to, for it to be happening on a ongoing basis after this year. Okay. So let's go further back. Let's strip it further. In New Zealand, we're a, you know, we're a West modern society. We're a tier one nation, you'd say. Yep. Um, should sport be free for all? Should sport be heavily subsidised further than it already is? And made sport, really available to the entire... Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, look, I, it's an interesting one. Rui, you got a, you wanted to have a, a go on that? There's a case for that, isn't there, Taran, I reckon, because isn't that, you know, sports brings people together as well in communities and that. So if you've mm. got more people out there, you know, less chance of them getting up to mischief in other ways. <laughs> um, and it builds a All good... All together. All yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel there's a, there is something in that one there. You do have to be careful because... Um... One thing I learned in my sales career is the fact is that when when you give when you give things away for free, there's an element of not appreciating what you've actually got. So what you'll have is a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, yeah I'll sign up," which is great, right? And you got the numbers at the beginning of the season, but then because they haven't paid anything, it's just like, "Oh, I can't be asked playing anymore," and so they don't turn up halfway <clears throat> through the season um, because there is no appreciation for the fact that there's something being given to them. So it is a fine balancing act. I, I, you know, when you look at the health statistics and that, to suggest that sports be made free would be a fantastic thing. Wouldn't it get everybody, get everybody's fat asses off the couches and doing some activity would be a great initiative. But as it's come back to the fact. Sorry, no, keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, I was just going to reiterate the fact that there's got to be, if there's no value in something for somebody, then they're, you know, that they can treat it flippantly. But, but you're bringing people. Sorry, sorry, bro. Steve yeah, Noblo, the chairman of Kumi Trek Club, just uh, jumped in and made a comment there that there's more costs to club cricket than just affiliation fees, such yeah. as costs of cricket balls. And we all know how expensive cricket balls are. Oh, and cricket balls are just, unlike other yeah. sports, this is one time use only, right? You know, and the running costs as well. So, yeah, you're right. It does add up. But, again, that's exactly what I'm saying. Should we be able to – is there a way to subsidise it, it further and further to actually make it affordable? And like you say, some clubs are charging upwards of close to $300 for the season. And that's not – cricket is relatively a cheap sport compared to some of the other sports. Football is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes, it is. is, it? It is. All you need is yeah. a pair of footy boots, isn't it? What's no? What, no, no but there's a lot of lot of there's a large affiliation fee. Yeah, sub get up to about three hundred uh, three hundred dollars maybe per child. So if you have got two kids playing, a winter coat, that's six hundred. A summer coat, that's twelve hundred. And then you want them to have life skills like swimming, so you're really starting to tag into about a couple of grand just to yeah. give them opportunities. Stop, stop it, Taryn. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> and isn't that isn't that half the reason to yeah. have that subsidised? Because that way, you can still get the kids out there participating. Yeah, that's yeah. the good reason for it. At the end of the day, isn't it really? Because you know, like you said before, um, dad loses job or whatever the main income earner, and there's little Johnny can't go and play a sport. Can't play a sport. Look, there's a lot of elements to it, and um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of as as Stephen sort of said. There's a lot of elements outside of just affiliation costs. But then on the flip side of it, the government needs to look at sport and sort of saying, well, what's the cost of an obese child and the health care that that obese child is going to need versus subsidising their sport involvement and therefore giving them the chance of having a healthier lifestyle? That's it. And that's that's happening. That's happening. Um, I know there's... There used to be, I don't know if there will be any more, target population funds where I, a few years ago, um, I think it was Community Sport or Active had actually set aside some funds um, towards uh, the Pacifica or Samoan community and Indian community because then I um, identified that diabetes was quite big within these communities, so they wanted to come out 
and actively get these communities physically active, which hopefully will help with their health conditions. Yep. Um, Aaron Ranchard, who's a regular listener and probably listening to Dan Carter's podcast at the moment, <laughs> might shed some light on this. And even Stephen Noblo, they might be able to shed some light on this. So if you are listening, feel free to um, add some beef to this. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, look, and then also in the news that you mentioned, obviously the selection of the West Indian cricket team and um, some interesting sort of developments there or players opting out and um, play, new players coming in. So um, obviously the um, just the players that have decided not to go, Darren Bravo, Shimron Hetmeyer and Kimo Paul. And um, obviously at this stage, Cricket West Indies have said, uh, that they won't hold this decision against them and that it won't affect their future selection. How do we feel about that comment from Cricket West Indies when we know the political uh, machinations that have happened for in, in that part of the world in terms of cricket in the past? Well, what do you reckon, Rohit? Yeah, are they staying back? Because they're, like you mentioned, I think it was their CPL team. So they're going to get paid better possibly paying the T20? Well, they're actually saying it's the COVID, the, re the reason is um, because of coronavirus, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the concerns around that. And um, obviously, I mean, you know, you have to say when you look at it, I mean, we, we're, we're based in New Zealand and we look at the way that we've basically killed um, <laughs> killed coronavirus, but yeah. you, you couldn't say that the same for the UK. You wouldn't feel That's confident travelling to the UK and saying that you're going to, I mean, they're going to be in a tight, biosecure environment. So yep. you'd, you'd like to think that because you're not going to be engaging with anybody outside of your bubble, as we've coined the global phrase in New Zealand, um, you know, you should be safe. But do you want to take that chance? Well, it's an interesting one because, okay, let's look at it individually, right? Kimo Paul, Cameron Hitmeyer are both Guyanese. Yep. So the cost of living, you'd think, is a little lower than Trinidad and Tobago, where Darren Bowie is from. Right. Shimron Hedmeyer and Akima Paul both have held or still hold IPL contracts. So they earn enough wage there. So yep. financially, they might be a lot more secure and stable. Interesting that Guyana only has 153 cases. So I wonder where the apprehension is coming from. My guess would be they must have family and friends in the in the UK, which has kind of made them wary and thought, okay, we don't need this. What's surprising for me is Darren Bravo. He hasn't got an IPL contract. Cricket West Indies has his only stream of income. By foregoing seven weeks of work, Hi. you know, that that's challenging. So that's that that is a surprise for me. I'm not surprised with the others, and if anything, yeah, the IPL boys can pick and choose to an extent. It's interesting, though, isn't like these are young, fit lads as well, right? And the actual uh, COVID nineteen is uh, respiratory issues, elderly. It's going to affect them more so than people that are younger and fitter. And if you're biosecure, surely you're in a much um, safer environment through having that biosecurity and like you said earlier not going to be um, exposed to any people outside of that so your chances of catching it is slim to null you'd think wouldn't it absolutely yeah 
So what's and, uh, going on? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, look, I, I really hope they it's not held against them. I, I think with the changes that West Indies cricket has gone through on an administrative front, I genuinely believe that won't be held against them. Right. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't think. I think they've changed and they. At some of the old brigade or the real, the I don't want to say true West Indians, but some of the old, the old um, team, old brigade has returned at the helm. Old schools, yeah. Yeah, so and they want to lift West Indies back to its former glory. So, I think there'll be a lot more transparency now. Again, I'm not a West Indian, so I don't know, <laughs> but that's how it seems on the outer and from the outer anyway. And and then also um as you mentioned the uh, Kima Kima Holden a holder sorry um Holden that's a uh, holder actually being um brought into the side obviously played in the under nineteen World Cup for West Indies in twenty sixteen his first time in the squad and but his his is that thirty six wickets in the last season at eighteen point nine one basically sort of saying pick me pick me and he has been yeah yeah absolutely yeah again and it's good reward domestic performance and that's probably what you want to see as a player to know that there is a shot and there's nothing worse I suppose to some of these guys not to most players if they just look at the CPL and start picking players of potential out of there you start wondering what is the purpose of playing the other competitions if CPL or the IPL becomes the be all and end all you know yep. so it is nice that they are looking at domestic performances especially the regional competitions and not just what they can do on a T20 front. So that that is quite neat. And yeah. Yep. And I suppose, yeah, just to tidy that up, Jason Holder will be kept in the side. So um, no surprises there really, is there? No. No. He's, he's done his time, so they've invested him heavily. And look, what, what could be even more interesting in my mind is West Indies, if they get on the right wicket, um, and it's worth looking at it, um, they might just just give England a shake because England's probably going to try and have quite a few countries touring and having test specialists and whatnot happening. They might get a bit cute. And West Indies might just be able to actually push them a lot further than people expect them to do so. And it's and bear in mind, they're going to Taunton or somewhere, somewhere down south as well. Old Trafford's obviously a test venue. They've got the, the Aegis Bowl in Southampton. Um, yeah, Southampton. And it's tiny. So these boys can swing into the arms of Jesus and actually pump them. I was going to say, look, the other thing that will be the case is that nobody's played any cricket for a long time. And it doesn't matter how good you are. And obviously, and then obviously with the training and the net sessions, there's no replacement for game time out in the middle, is there? And uh, Taryn, you'd be in the best position to comment on that. Nothing beats playing the game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I'm. It'll be interesting to see how they'll try and tackle that because saying that there's only 15 playing days, which means there's no warm-up game. No there's warm-up. no one else playing cricket. So these boys having 26 players will probably be allowed to have after their first two weeks have some internal games themselves. Right. And coaches. So that's probably how they'll get accustomed to it. They've got 25 players, so they'll probably have yeah, open shadow sessions or open wicket uh, sessions to try and yep. get themselves up to speed. But not many of them swing the ball. So how do you replicate 
facing a James Anderson. If you play the county side, you might play a club bowler who, well, not a county bowler, probably is used to swinging the ball. Yes. But West Indians, it's a much the muchness with the Duke's ball on an English surface, which is better than nothing, but it's not ideal going up against the likes of Anderson and Brooks. Yeah, hadn't, hadn't actually um, factored in the fact that, you know, as I said, you're gonna, they're going to be facing swing bowlers that are used to swinging a Duke ball, and they won't be used to that themselves. Are you aware of which ball they actually use in the Caribbean? Is it a kookaburra? The, is it Dukes? Dukes, okay. It's a different Dukes. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a hard-wearing, hard-wearing tailored, well, that's what they had when I was there. Yeah. I think that's what they used. The cookies probably wouldn't last on that surface. Right. They'll probably rip up. Um, yep. So they have more like a hard-wearing jukes kind of thing. I'm pretty sure that's what they still use. It doesn't, different weather, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't behave the same way. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I, I didn't didn't even realize that they'd have a different ball for a different surface. I just learned yeah. something. And that's what the show's about. Yeah. <laughs> Would they not bring in a local lad in part of their bubble who can swing the ball around for their training sessions? Be an idea. Probably be allowed. Yeah, test it up and put them in the bubble for a couple of weeks or whatever. I, look, I, I sort of think it'd be the, a hell of this, a time for those the, well, whoever gets into the bubble. I'd pay to get into that bubble. Absolutely, twenty five percent for seven weeks. <laughs> That'd be a great opportunity. Oh. We do have to remember. We do have to remember that at this point in time, it sounds like it's fait accompli, but the the UK government still hasn't approved. Um, the the games to go ahead, sport to commence. Uh, EPL starting in two weeks. Premier League. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, well, it's like cricket. They keep saying, "Oh, yep, we're starting, we're starting. This is happening, that's happening." But from what I can hear, that you know, from the the reporting that I've been doing in the mornings, our um sports morning briefings, every time every story I read, all the sources I read, always say um on the basically on the provision of the UK government giving the go ahead. Mm. So um, but it, it sounds as I say like a fait accompli. So and but there might be um sort of um, rules around who's allowed into the bubbles and stuff like that as well. I no, they so, so they'll be chartered in on a flight. Um, be interesting to see where they charter out of because they will be coming out of six to eight different islands. So they'll all have to get to an uh, an island or to Miami and then charter out from there. Right. They'll probably get again. Will they flow into London or and then jump on a bus and then move up? Um, once they get there, these biosecure environments are the venues that have hotels tagged Hotel. on their on site, and that's yep. it. Um, uh, but literally, it's a tour. It is a tour of duty. You're either at the ground or you're in the hotel. You hotel. will not be allowed to venture out. You will not be allowed to go visit family, which many West Indians have family in the in the British mm-hmm. Isles. But none of that. They're used to doing that, but none of that. And they'd have a strong fan following too, so they'd have to really refrain and keep it amongst themselves. CPL yep. is talking about getting all the overseas players in, and with and keeping them in team bubbles so the teams in the CPL cannot mix and mingle. Within the team, they're talking about breaking them into groups of five. Right. And then keeping them in with into groups of five within teams as well. Effectively, that seems a bit silly because at the end of the day, they're going to have to 
play with each other. So they're gonna yeah. the, the bubble's gonna cross. So you might as well just keep the larger bubble together in it. Like like yeah. what they're doing in in, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and I mean again it it doesn't baffle me, but Trinidad, which has got a population of one point three nine million, has hundred and seventeen COVID cases. Guyana, seven hundred and eighty thousand people, has hundred and fifty cases. So that, okay. You take it with a grain of salt because it's probably not well documented nor tested. But that's not a lot of cases. So is it a case of them just going through process or are they actually worried something from overseas will come into their country and then go through the country? Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and decimate their, their own country people. Hey, look, uh, move, move, I suppose we better move it along. We'll get on to some other topics and like. But just to answer... Uh, Something from Simon Hughes that's uh, in the old chat rooms around how much money did New Zealand cricket get? I don't believe that they got any money today. And the reason for that is that, again, um, cricket is effectively in hiatus at the moment. Um, any tours that were planned were um, overseas. I think they were going to be going to play Ireland um, or up in Europe anyway. And um, so because there's nothing local, uh, only sports that have got local competitions planned for example the um bas local basketball competition the nbl they missed out because their competition hadn't been announced uh it was a week later from when the sports that have received their money today so um i don't believe oh, wow. new zealand cricket got any money today mm. yeah so the nbl actually is having a competition that's starting but because they announced it a week later than everybody else when this you had to have your competitions up and running or announced, not up and running, but announced. Um, they didn't get any money today either. So um, so I don't believe New Zealand cricket got any money today. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, bad timing, isn't it? Bad timing, bad timing. Well, yes and no. I mean, like, as they've actually had, I mean, obviously they were upset about it and we're digressing from cricket, but they were, just to finish it off, they were upset about it. But the government has said, look, we, this isn't the final round. We will have uh, more rounds of um, uh, fun, sports funding happening. And so they'll be caught up in that, most likely. Yeah, because I know Auckland Basketball, uh, ABSL actually, um, all of their employees are working as volunteers at the moment. They've, all, they've already cut people. But I've yep. heard that a lot of their employees are now working, working as volunteers through this space. So let's 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 move on to from the news and and something that's related a little bit to the to the news that we've just had is that obviously with the um, West Indies England tour likely to be the first cricket that goes ahead uh, as long as the government approves it, they're talking about having home based umpires instead of neutral umpires. What are our thoughts on um, home based umpires? Yeah. I don't see any issue with it these days when you've got the um, TV replays and that available, you know. Um, I think having the neutral umpires back in the day was all about with the home umpire giving the LBW decisions and so forth to the to the home team, right, in their favour. Yep. Um, Any decision, no, anyone. Not yeah. just an LB, fall behind, you name it. Yeah. Bad, sorts. Bad, well, yeah. I, well, I think Javid Dad was ever given LB, out LBW in Pakistan, was he? That's that's this you know famous sort of uh, saying. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah a few other ones like that too, isn't there? So, um, yeah. We uh, obviously I, famously had Fred Goodall over our part of the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So, you know, you can go back to some of those matches in Australia where the visiting teams always had the poor rub of the green over there, and in many cases. Oh. You know, it was the case, I think. Hmm. It's it's still the case in Australia. Still the case. 
It's yep. still a yep. Yeah. I think um, actually just, just to go down recently, just with the last few series, you, you see basically, you know, especially with the DRS and the use of the DRS, if it's just hitting the stumps, you'll find that the Australian team will get the advantage of it. Whereas if the um, opposition, if it was just hitting the stumps, it would be a not out decision against the Australian batter sort of thing. So you can you can ta- you can take it upstairs. Um, you can have the review, but because it'll be oh yeah within the margin of error, it'll stay with the on field decision. Yeah. So you're still seeing an element of it. But one thing I suppose we <clears throat> we should mention is the fact is that with the home based umpires comes an extra review per innings. So basically, if it's test match cricket, you're going to get a fir- an extra one for the first and an extra one for the second innings. Um, oh, and obviously. Yep, yep, that's right. And then also within the one day as and the T twenties you get an extra review as well. Oh that okay. I was about to say they, they need to add a review purely because you want to take that away and you want to give the players a chance to kind of question yep. more mm-hmm. than more than a standard thing. But then look, why not have your international um, marquee neutral umpires? But with technology there, is there a need? To have neutral umpires and pay them three hundred odd thousand dollars and fly them around the world when you're looking to reduce costs and keep people in jobs. I thought you were going to get really controversial there for a second, Taryn, and say, "Do we need umpires?" Oh no, 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 we do need umpires. <laughs> <laughs> have to let talk to play the game. Somebody needs to control them. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I mean, like um, when we look at the way that umpiring has um, developed and evolved. <clears throat> especially since the evolution of the DRS system. We've seen um, LBW decisions for spin bowlers in particular have um, actually increased um, from 17% up to 21%. So you're actually starting to see um, umpires on field actually making more decisions. um, And they're getting them right too. You reckon they're getting them right? Well, I mean, obviously you're still going to... I mean, look, the DRS system is there for the howler, right? Um, yeah. But in saying that, they, they generally are. I think the the standards have improved. I think it's it's just it's just the game has improved. So as long as as part of the game, your officiating has improved. I mean, you're always going to have those howlers come along. You're always going to have them. We're hu- we're talking about humans. We've got the the batters Not make sure mistakes. Mistake. The umpire is going to make a mistake. But on the whole, I think as a whole, you're starting to see a, a, an improvement. And, and when we go back to what we talked about with the Australian umpires or umpiring in Australia, we should say now, because you've got neutral umpires there, but you sort of do see a bit of favouritism, but it's favouritism in a more subtle way as opposed to a ball that's basically crashing into the middle of uh, middle stump, given not out. Yeah. Could have been anything. Could have been anything. Well, I loved it. I loved it. The, the one that I remember is um, actually um, we were trying to win the test series against Australia and it was in Melbourne. And um, Richard Hadley was basically bowled out and he was still going. And he's just bowling. But Danny Morrison was able to pick Mike Whitney. And there's this like the umpire, uh, sorry, the commentators on the TV going, well, it wasn't going over the stumps and it wasn't going down the offside. It wasn't going down the leg side. So one can only assume it was going under the stumps. That's right. <laughs> I remember seeing that recently and still blood boiling. You know, I, I'll try and question a little bit more on that umpire in front, purely because, like, yes, players make mistakes. Totally get that. And umpires are, can make mistakes. 
However, umpire an umpire's mistake costs someone else their career. A player's True. mistake costs True. himself. An umpire's mistake, there's like they are basically in charge of other people's livelihoods. You get something wrong. Let's say there's a player on his last legs, he probably knows he'll probably get dropped if he doesn't get score runs here, and he gets fired. Um, you think of it from a bowler point of view, he's worked his backside off to try and create a chance and he doesn't get the dismissal. You don't know what the domino effect of that could have been. That could have just reignited his day and really pushed him further to get a ball and set himself up for the rest of the season. Yep. Yet he could see himself drop out of the side because that didn't work for him. So I'm not blaming the umpire, but the umpire is also in it. You know, I am I'm, uh, sort of like I said what I said before, but I'm so agree with you on that comment. And the fact is that the umpires do hold players' careers in their hands as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something. I'm sitting on a fence yeah, effectively, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving. It has, well, it has happened, hasn't it? Yep, yeah, it has happened. Absolutely has happened. Well, I suppose moving on to the um, on umpiring decisions. We've got one of the scenarios that's come up in the last few weeks. So we're going to put it out there. We're going to have a bit of discussion. Really love to hear the feedback in the chat rooms on this one. So Rohit, I know you're the one that sort of picked up on this coming through. So um, I'm going to let you, if you've got that in front of you, otherwise oh, no. the scenario. Where is it? Let me have a quick, quick, quick browse through this. We've got a lot through here. Here we go. Scenario. Right. So this is something that I came across and it got me thinking, actually, going, I wonder what the actual real call is. Now, I've got my thoughts about it, but let me um, let me spell this out for you guys and uh, let's see what, you, what you're thinking out there. So a batsman is given out LBW on the field. Uh, he, the batsman, reviews, and in the meantime, the ball's tickled away into the boundary. Now, it's gone upstairs and the third umpire spots an inside edge and overturns the decision. Okay, so he's originally given out LBW, and he's inside edged it. It's gone to gone for four. Umpire picks the third umpire picks it up. So what's the next step? Uh, and there's four different options here. One, four runs are awarded to the batsman as there was an inside edge. Two, four leg buys are awarded to the batting team in sync with the on field call. Three, dead ball, and the ball will have to be rebold. Or number four. It is treated as a dot ball. So those are the four options that we're talking about for this type of scenario in play. And um, what do you guys think? Do you know the answer? Do you know the answer, Rohit? I haven't researched to find out the answer. Um, We're not going to get the answer. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes arguing about it. (laughs) 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 Somebody out there put me out of my misery. I'm going to uh, go with the first call, right? The guy's had a, he's got an inside edge and it's gone for four. So to me, it should be four runs. Because you can easily just as a being given out if he a keeper's caught it and was given not out and it's gone upstairs. Same sort of scenario. So I think Batsman's done well enough to get an inside edge four runs, even though the team's appealed for an LBW. Throw, throw, yeah, I'm, I'm going on the. Uh, I, I am torn between a, a dot ball and four runs, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the four runs awarded, um, because at the end of the day, 
Um, just because the opposition's yeah. gone up doesn't mean that you can't score runs. So yeah. effectively, why would why would you not be able to score the runs? As you said, if it went upstairs and oh yeah, there's a tickle. They've gone up for LBW. There's a tickle on the um, a small little tickle there. There's a hot spot shows a little spot there, yeah. and it goes through to the keeper. Is that going to be awarded as an uh, caught behind, even yeah. though they appealed yeah. for LBW? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So so then yeah. if that is going to be given as caught behind, surely you can get four runs for it if it runs away for four. The ball, again, I don't know. My angle would be I have a really bad feeling, but not a bad feeling, a strong suspicion that the ball would be deemed dead as soon as the play has been interjected by an umpire's call. That's, so, yeah. What, so, or the, either the umpire's call or when the player's gone for that sign, the ball would then be dead. At that time. Dead in the sense it, it turns into a dot. Okay, yep. okay so let's, let's, let's try and work backwards. Let's try and solve this. Let's backwards. Forget the boundary. Um, I'm the batter, Rohit. Um, you're the non-striker. Um, Ashwin's the bowler. Ashwin's bowled it. I've got an inside edge onto myself. And it's just tripled me. pulled me through for a single. I've been given out. We've completed the single. Well, sorry, no, we haven't completed it. I've been given out, but I've just gone off and finished the single anyway and gone uh, bang there. So, and we know this has happened many times. Have Has the batter been asked to go back to the striker's head or is that single completed? Yeah, I mean, like, for, I've never, I've never, I'll be honest. With another question. So. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's a run. That's a run. Well, I think, and I think that a run is given, right? Yeah, yeah, I think a run will get given. Yeah, but the ball on this in this case, the ball is traveling elsewhere. So as yeah. soon as you call it, I think dead it goes. Dead. I think dead. it goes. Dead. Dead. And it doesn't create so, a dot. It's so not you're saying, it's a dot ball. you're saying it's a dot ball. I think it will be a dot ball. So that means the bowler's got a dot ball for this, and the batting team has been penalized now. Missed out on Free runs, runs or missed out on a ball okay. to opportunity to score runs, right? So now should we now okay, now I'm thinking, well, maybe it will be runs because let's assume this exact scenario plays out on the last ball of a game with yep. two runs to win or four runs to win. And then it goes. So That's it. Yeah. Are you gonna call that a dot ball? Let's open up some wounds here. It's the final ball of the World Cup. No. Uh, you need four and you've tickled it down you've tickled it fine and no that's not fine i'm smiling no it's not smiling yeah i still don't find it funny no but but then it's a scenario isn't it you know the last ball of the game and the the players have gone up here we go is it is it a run or not Something like this happened without the dead ball, the BRS, but um, in the IPL, there was a no ball of sorts. A game a game took place um, and a, a result, last ball of the game and a, then there was a result and the replay showed there was a no ball and they called the game back. 
the replay showed it. So hang on, hang on. Just to be clear, the replay showed it, but nobody went upstairs for it, right? No, the replay showed it, so they went to uh, no ball yeah, 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 and yeah. the extra ball. So basically, the director, the director back in the truck made the decision on it. No, they, as any result, you know, the last ball of the game, blah, blah, and it comes up, and then they're like, hey, that's a no ball, hang on. Yep. And then the umpire's going, oh, crap. Oh, here we go. We've got to play this again. And they completely alter the game. It doesn't answer our question, yep. but makes you wonder if there's powers to allow the game to run or not. We'll have oh, to. Um, that's that's um that's like you said it there. It's the um, producer or whoever's in the truck that's made that um decision on yep. the field. Not the umpire. Yep, that's that's what I'm saying. That, that, yeah. that scenario that Taryn's talking about yeah. is that the the director in the truck has made the decision because he's seen. Oh, I've seen a no ball. I'm going to put that up on the big screen. I'm going to show right. replays of it. But, yeah. Mm. yeah. That, here we go. I was going to say, isn't isn't there from that point of view, isn't there an element also? Isn't there something about um, having crossed the boundary rope? Like a batsman cannot be called back once he's crossed the boundary rope. So again, it depends on have they stayed on the pitch to celebrate, or have they got off the have they got off the pitch quickly? In which case, they shouldn't be allowed to be called back. Okay, so here, here's an angle there. So let's say there's an overthrow, right? Yep. Like let's just picture the Ben Stokes thing. You run hell for leather to try and save that ball from going to the boundary because if it doesn't go to the boundary, it's a gentleman's agreement, no one runs. Yep. However, if it goes to the boundary, the umpire has to give it as a boundary. That's yeah. right. So let's put it into our situation. Because it's hit the boundary, does he have to then go there and then go there? That's what I say. Yep. Good point. That's it. That, that's it. That's our answer. That is. That's our answer. Be. It's come off I, the bat. It's I don't believe it, but I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you go there? Leg buys and then fall. If it was going down leg without, a bat, without any bat on it. What if it was going down leg without any bat on it? <laughs> yeah. Is that not the third umpire would then say not out, wouldn't it? Because it's yeah. going to be yeah, taking it back. He's gone yeah. leg by, yeah. He's done the sign of leg by, and then gone four. Yeah. Now Turin's looking like one of those um, baseball guys who gives all different signs as to what hit and what <laughs> run. <running. laughs> I, I think I think I've seen that scenario play out one time. I, I have seen that scenario played before, where um, yeah, the, the decision was reversed, or you yeah. know the yep, and then they had to signal four. I have seen four. that. No, I, I can't. I can't I can't nail the actual circumstances of that yes. happening, but I have actually seen that before. Yeah. So well, hey, uh, you're gonna have to because you brought this to the table, you're gonna have to find us the official. Yeah, oh, we need an answer. <laughs> but I mean, we haven't got anyone that's put anything up on the um No, nobody's we haven't got any feedback on it. No, no. So uh no one's gone well, and Googled it. We'll, we'll we'll go and we'll go and see if our next um, one that uh, a curly well not curly one this is a you know the one that splits split sort of seems to be split fifty fifty I'm actually quite I, I don't understand why it's fifty fifty but I'm going to chuck this out there another one in terms of along these lines man cad yes or no yes yes right I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm a yes I'm a yes this is like yeah I mean. What's yep. that? 
everybody, so we got three yeses. It's out. Yeah. The batsman's getting an advantage running halfway down the track before the ball's bowled. Yep. yep. He is not supposed yeah. to have left his crease until the bowler has let the ball no. go. You don't have to be halfway down that. Literally, on the television, you know, TV games, it's inches. Yeah, yeah. Because that's game of end, Absolutely. End, you only have to be in or out by that amount. Yep. Right? It's a frame. It's a frame. Even if you're left by a frame, you've given yourself an advantage because it is a frame that saves your ass at the other end. Well, that was a great... Sorry, would you be in agreement with giving, uh, uh, like, the good old days a warning to the batsman at the non-strikers end before you actually win? Because that happened in that World Cup, the, the um, under-20s World Cup or something. One of the players ran in. 19th. In the the West Indians. Yeah. But, but, but they gave, he did give warnings. To be <laughs> fair, he did give warnings. That was to New okay. Zealand, I think. No, 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 no. It was um, wasn't it was West Indies, but it was I think it might have been against India yeah, it or India. it was an yeah, it was, it was, oh, maybe it was India. Okay, it was it was with it was against the subcontinent country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so oh, uh, it's early. Oh, that was a bit boring. Out, we didn't even know. Oh, hey, I think it's it's got to be out. Why it's would out. it not be out? Why would it not be out? Exactly. Well, you know, any other part of the game. If you if you do something, if you handle the ball while the ball's rolling back to your stumps, you're out handle ball. Yeah, um, it's Ravi Ashwin who did that to Joss Butler. Oh yes, the IPL. yes, and yes. There was a whole there was massive uproar saying it was unsportsmanlike, etc. He posted a couple of months ago that very post of him running him out. It's a it's an umpire view as well. He posted it. And on his Instagram, I think, or Twitter or Instagram, whatever they use, saying, hey, guys, stay home and stay safe for the COVID thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's gold. Stay safe. So this has happened before in a test match as well. I think Brendan McCullum running out um, Murali or Moral someone. Murilitherin. It's Murilitherin. And that was from those two not running and making their end and staying at home in their ground, and the ball's been thrown in, and he's gone down the other end to celebrate the guy's century. Yeah, he's but he never... And he never... Off the hip. Sangakara's hit one off the hip, and he's got to his 100. Morley's got to the non-strikers. He's put his bat down, and then he's walked over to congratulate him, and this is the former McCullum. This is not the New Zealand great that we see on TV. This is the his... Alias, the young <laughs> McCallum, they, uh, they got him out. They, yes, but the ball's on play. It's not dead until it's returned, isn't it? Hey, look, they, we had, this is the same team or the brand name that didn't bowl any bounces when Phil Hughes died. So it's it's an internal thing, right? It's who you are. It it's is. who you choose to be. But so when you... you know that he's not cheating. He's not stealing a run. He's nah. not intending to score a run, so technically he's probably not out. Yeah, because it's, what it's, is what is a run out? A run out is when you're you're deemed run out when you're looking to score a run. Otherwise, you're stumped. Did they? But they recalled Morelli in that one, didn't they? I thought I, I don't think they actually went no. through with it. They did go through with it. Went through with it. Yeah. Okay, it's happened before. Oh, yeah, even yeah. You know, being called for chucking from Daryl here. He can't even <laughs> congratulate his teammate. <laughs> Wait for the ball in the hands and then go and congratulate him. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Overrates. One of the you know greatest battles on the field that wasn't between players, but between an official and a player was Murley and Daryl here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Um, just before we wind things up today, um, I, I'm Simon Hughes with the question out next. Um. T20 league that's uh, likely, well, the next one to come back up again. I, I, I assume, actually, like, it's probably the IPL. Shall we take bets on it? CPL. CPL. Oh, okay. Your CPL's going to start first? CPL, well, unless England push even earlier and get the NatWest Blast up started, maybe late August, but I think CPL's around that time anyway. Okay. Yep, right. So it's actually going to yeah. be CPL or Vitality Blast? CPL. I, I'd go CPL. Go CPL. England, England's going to faff around with this health and COVID and whatnot. Yeah. And, so IPL, if it, and, and, and even if the Vitality Blast does get underway, it'll have no overseas internationals in it. It'll be home, home, homegrown <laughs> only. Whereas by the yeah. sounds of what you were saying before, CPL will actually have a chance of um, internationals playing in it. Yeah, and I think they might even still get the overseas if they want to and then put them through the whole biosecure process and contain the teams and put them in clusters and move, maybe even play them at a handful of venues through a east, west, north, south regions and then bring them in for a finals day. Yep. It will be uh, truncated and it'll be competitions like we haven't seen before. But yep, yep. It'll be for entertainment, so it will be, yeah. It'll, it's nice to actually know that cricket is coming back and we're going to be watching some cricket. Well, as I say, cricket. look, um, you look. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I'm actually, I am actually quite excited to see that West Indies England. To, um, that that I means it's not really that far away at all, is it? Yeah, it's uh, July. I think, uh, I hang think. on, I've got it up. Oh, no, I had it up here, and now, oh no, there it is. D -d -d July eighth, July eighth. So basically, a month away. Yeah, a month away. And man, think about the viewership. People are yep. starved. Yeah, oh, the viewership yep. will be huge. And oh, look, I, I know, yeah, I know personally for myself, I'm waiting to get down to level one so that we could, you know, go watch some rugby at Eden Park. Even so, I just want to get out there and see sport. Can I can I throw this out there? If, throw it out um, there. Throw it out there. Um, fake crowd noise. Yep. For the TV punter. I'm yep. loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it look like there's a real atmosphere at the ground. Um, yeah, what about those cardboard cutouts of that um, English politician <laughs> they had? Well, they had the English they've had the English politician and they've had a mass murderer. Mass murderer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, actually, I think he's he was a doctor, and he's yeah. the he's acclaimed to be the most. I don't. Oh, I can't think of the right words, but he he killed the most people basically. He's the biggest mass murderer. I'm oh, sure to say he's killed people. No, no, no. Yeah, no, but that's right. He was, yeah, he's, he's, he's down as being a, yeah. As, 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 no. Wow, but, we're, we're really expanding here with our topic today. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to say, look, the, before COVID <laughs> lockdown, we also had the um, Australian uh, chat show that then decided to superimpose Adolf yes. Hitler on the day of Black Lives Matters. Now, um, here's, here's a big question. Yes. If things in in America continue on a cricketing front, would they blacklist USA cricket as they did to South Africa years ago? 
something oh, to think yeah. about. That's too yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, too sure, jeez. Yeah, that's. I, I think. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not just too early, but I think it's actually. It's a different scenario. It's, oh, it's a fifty. Sammy, you've got Sammy and Gail come out and support off racism and stuff. Oh no, right? no! Don't get me wrong. They, they, might, support, say the support. they might say we yeah, don't want to play against USA. Yeah, yeah, but I think. We don't I think play. I think when you look at the South African scenario, where basically you were told you're not allowed to play, versus the fact there's, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's being told necessarily you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z. This is the treatment that they might might be getting. But yeah, I I think that's draw, drawing a long bow. I think yeah. so. In South Africa, you had kind of you had sections like this section of the bus is for black people, this section of the bus is for white people, or black people aren't allowed on this bus. So it's not at that level. Um, whilst it's yeah. uh, it, it's it's. The, the, Actually, what, what, all the best teams have play, African American players anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, <laughs> just, just, just any anybody able to expand on what Simon's just said? USA cricket are only just been allowed to come back into the ICC. They were banned for misdemeanors, um, corruption. Uh, they got thrown out of whatever division they were in, all the way down to Div Five. And they right. had to eke their way back up through win. And as soon as they started winning, um, a certain subcontinental nation started sniffing around and thrust a whole heap of their personnel into all the decision-making positions. Oh, right. Which meant the bloke who brought them from Div 5 to Div 1 or 2 yep. is now out. He's out because the guy he's that been all the players worship, who happened to be from another cricketing sub South Asian nation, yep. is no longer there. But the more powerful nation is now calling the shots because the most amount of hits on cricket info, apparently, away from the subcontinent is from the USA. USA. Oh, look, I mean, I mean I've got masses, <laughs> Rohan and myself have masses of family in the US, and um, they, they still follow cricket. Um, obviously, to varying uh, to varying degrees. Some will keep a sort of glancing eye on it, um, and then um, we've got others. My my cousin's husband, who basically has the cricket on twenty four seven, even though he he's been living in America for I don't know over thirty odd years. Um, they've still got the cricket on twenty four seven on the TV. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Take the man out of India, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, boys. I suppose unless there's something else you want to add, um, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, absolutely. We um, yeah. No, that's gone by pretty quickly. Yeah, that's gone it. by pretty quickly. It has. <laughs> look, uh, look. So absolutely, everybody. Thank you very much for watching the show again. Once again, swinging from the hip. Thank you to Rohit and Taryn for being on the show again. And I said, make sure that we go and um, like. But more importantly, share it. Share, share, and share. Sharing is caring. And wherever you are, hit those like buttons and share buttons. And um, we'll see you again next week right here on New Zealand Sport Radio with Swinging from the Hip. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.